You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore dad am. Well, we are going to review my thoughts, anyways, on the Patriots-Packers game. Um, as is customary, I don't spend any time on social media, so I'm sure there's been lots of themes and things talked about that I'm just not really aware of. So it would be interesting to see how my thoughts align with um, everybody else's. Before we get started, though, I did want to um, acknowledge Isaiah Bolden. Uh, game just ended, so I don't have any updates, um, as you may. I'll keep an eye on it as we go along. I don't want to speculate. Obviously, I'm sure like many other people, I have my thoughts as to what may be the situation. But um, either way... Obviously, just going to be praying for him and um, hoping he's going to be okay. Can't help but think about, you know, his family and just how, I don't know. I I just picture what he's gone through his entire life to get to where he is, you know, and he's just hanging on by a thread as it is, as you know, I think they said he was a seventh round pick, just scrapping out there, just doing everything he can to put some film out there. And he's come so far and he's right there, but he obviously has a seventh round pick, you know, you're a long shot, but you made it, and all the work's paying off, and man, I can't imagine just how much your heart would sink, just being a family member sitting there saying, this can't be real, you know? But obviously, hopefully he'll be fine, and we'll have the opportunity to get back on the field um, at some point in his career and be able to make an impact. But um, obviously, as everyone else has said, very good decision to end the game. It's a preseason game. We had our, you know, third. There's a couple guys that didn't really get opportunities, but um, for the most part, you know, we had a bunch of third stringers out there playing a, a pretty good portion of those games. So, or those those snaps. So they got the tape. They got plenty to to go back and review. Absolutely no reason to to try to push through that. As you know, even as a fan, you're sitting there going, "Man, how do you go out and play after something like that?" You know, but. You know, as as does happen pretty regularly, it just kind of puts everything into perspective, realizing what's important and what's not. You know, you can see it on the football field. These guys who were, you know, taking swings at each other and kicking each other on the ground are out there, you know, hugging and high-fiving and praying together. Just stuff like that that makes you realize, you know, it's just a game. 
So, again, just really hoping he's going to be okay. But with that, why don't we go through and look at... We'll just start with the statistics, see how everybody did. So, for starters, let's take a look at the four quarterbacks that played. You got Mac Jones and Jordan Love, and then Bailey Zappi and Sean Clifford. The quarterback with the lowest passer rating was Bailey Zappi. This is obviously a credit to some degree to our defense. He was only 10 of 22 passes. He had 117 yards, 5.3 average, one touchdown, 42 yards was his long. Again, 77.3 passer rating. The next highest, or the third, or the, yeah, whatever. In third place is Mac Jones. He was 6 of 9 for 52 yards, 5.8 yards per attempt, no touchdowns, no picks, 17 yards was his long. He was sacked twice. He had an 81.7 passer rating. In second place, Sean Clifford. 13 of 19, 137 yards. So he was, he actually had the most completions, the most yards, 7.2 yards per attempt, no touchdowns, no interceptions, 25 yards was his longest, 89.1. And in first place, by a billion miles, is Jordan Love. He was 5 of 8 for 84 yards, 10.5 yards per attempt, which is way higher than anybody else, including one touchdown, 42 yards was his long, which is tied for the longest. 137.5 passer rating. That's crazy. Looking at our running backs, obviously our number one running back in terms of opportunities by a billion miles. He had 15 carries. The next most was six with AJ, which was AJ Dillon, which is actually really surprising. But Emmanuel Wilson had 15 carries. They're giving that guy a massive amount of work, which I don't think any of us are upset about. He had another great day, and obviously not reminiscent of what he did last time. It was a little more human. Which, again, as I said, completely unsustainable for what he did. But the thing that I really like about him, and, um, you know, I mean, when there's nothing there, I mean, what can you do? And, yeah, I'm dying over here. I think um, some of those runs, he obviously had some massive holes. But I, I like that he has this sort of Aaron Jones. I'm not calling him Aaron Jones, but he has that sort of Aaron Jones ability where if there's anything there, he's going to maximize it. There's no wasted motion. If there's nothing there, then he's not going to, you know, and there might be some bad decisions and this, that, or the other, whatever. But if there's a little bit of a hole here or whatever, he's going to find it. He's going to get through it, and he's going to maximize the opportunities for that. And I think he does a fantastic job with that. But 15 carries, 63 yards, 4.2 yards per carry, 14 yards was his longest, which is the longest carry of any running back today. After that, A.J. Dillon, 6 carries, 25 yards, also 4.2 yards per carry. His longest was 5, but I swear every carry was 5 yards. <laughs> it, was, it was like every single time he gets in there, it, it's very reminiscent of um, what we had in Jamal Williams. Jamal would always just smash into the pile and push it and just get that 4 or 5 yards every time, which I'm not too mad about. I mean, you know, he, he, he did okay. He never has anywhere to run, which is annoying, but um, he maximizes it. After that was Patrick Taylor, just four carries, but 12 yards, three yards per attempt, and a touchdown. His longest was eight yards. After that was actually Jordan Love, two carries, 11 yards, 5.5 yards per attempt, which is the highest. 11 yards is the longest, so that's second. Then we have two players with one carry, which was um, Aaron Jones had one carry for six yards, real good carry right out of the game, and it's funny, they were like, that's probably the last time we're going to see him, and sure enough, he didn't come back in, which I don't think, again, I don't think anybody was upset about that. Get him off there. And then Sean Clifford also had his one carry for two yards. The receivers for the night, once again, um, you know, th- there are guys that just shine, and this guy just continues to shine. Malik Heath, most targeted player, most receptions. And I, I tell you what, not only was he just fantastic, 
the ability to get open and whatnot is 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 fine. But I swear, Sean Clifford was trying to get that guy killed. I mean, it, it just feels like we're watching Brett. F I mean, I, I know we said that before, but it's just these tight windows and just these dangerous throws. That one throw to Malik Heath, man, there were seven Patriots guys there, and he put it where only our guy was. Again, dangerous throw, but Malik just stood in there and took it. He took some shots, man. He took it for the team because, you know, at the same time, it's, you know, yeah, you sh maybe shouldn't have thrown it to him. Well, it, it's that or, you know, we, we punt. He threw it to him. And, I mean, he took some hits, but he held on to every single one of them. He was 5 for 5 for 75 yards, 15 yards per target, 15 yards per reception. 25 yards was his longest reception. That's second place for yards per target, number one in yards total, third in yards per reception, and the second longest reception of the day. Malik Heath is, it's just all respect. And honestly, a lot of these guys, their ability to win these 50-50 balls, they're scrappy, man. I really appreciate that. I mean, Jaden Reed, we saw him do it. Romeo Dobbs, we saw him do it. Grant DeBose is doing it. You know, Cody Crest had that crucial, real close catch. Guy just draped all over him. There's, you know, there's not a ton of space on some of these throws, but these quarterbacks were putting it right where, I mean, that touchdown pass to Jaden Reed could not have been any perfect, any more perfect than that. And I think um, Sean Clifford did the same thing. A lot of his pass, I mean, you know, not all of them, a couple of them were... You know, the the one to Musgrave, which was completed, it's, you know, you don't need to throw it high for him to catch. There's nobody there. Just throw it where he can maybe turn and run or whatever. But, I mean, I, I, I just loved it because it just felt like the team was just fighting, you know? It felt like a fist fight out there. You know, I mean, you and you can take a negative spin to that and just say, you know, it, it felt like 2022 going up against the Patriots where we should have been able to beat them. And if this is like our level of competition, then I guess we're not that, you know, whatever. But... It, I, I just appreciate that it was it was a brawl, and these guys didn't quit. Everybody just kept coming back. You know, even guys like Valentine, he kept making mistakes, and then he comes back and gets a pass breakup. And then there's another penalty, and then he comes flying up and makes a tackle. You know, he's the last line of defense. If he doesn't come up and make a tackle, that guy's gone. He comes up and just slams the guy. They're scrappy. They, they just keep coming, and I love that. I love watching this football team play. They're so much fun to watch. I don't even care that the starters aren't out there because uh, the guys that are... I mean, I love the depth that we have on this team. It's like, oh no, I gotta watch Brooks and Wooden and Lucas Van Ness. Oh, shucks. And Valentine. And then on the offense, it's like, oh gee, we got Sean Clifford and Emmanuel Wilson and Malik Heath and Samore Ture and Tucker Craft. Like, oh darn. <laughs> like, it's freaking awesome. I've never loved our back... I never loved our second string team as much as this team ever not even close and brooks and wooden i know we're not there yet but man those guys are just freaking unstoppable they would have had 50 sacks each if the ball wasn't coming out in 2.0 seconds they were in there all day anyways i apologize let's continue i'm a little a little excited i'm a little drunk on water here inside joke that you should know anyways second most targeted player was grant debose Four targets, but just two receptions for 27 yards, 6.8 yards, blah, 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 blah. 21 yards was his longest. Uh, there were a couple guys that looked like they got shaken up. DeBose was one of them. Hopefully he's going to be okay. He just got back from injury. I don't really think there's a huge chance. I know he's a seventh-round pick, and he liked to keep all our all our guys, but I just I don't see DeBose making the 53 at this point. I think he's going to be on the practice squad, especially with Malik Heath just going off. But the next most targeted was actually Patrick Taylor with three targets. He only caught one of them for five yards. 
Also, Luke Musgrave, three targets, two receptions, 13 yards, 4.3 yards per attempt, for 6.5, 10 yards was his longest. Then we got a pile of guys with two targets. Emmanuel Wilson, two targets, two receptions, 15 yards. Jaden Reed, two targets, one reception, and a touchdown for 19 yards. We got uh, Romeo Dobbs, two targets, two receptions, 52 yards. He is actually our, our highest, second highest yards, highest in yards per target and yards per reception, and he had the longest reception of 42 yards. That that pass and reception, man, I almost thought they weren't going to challenge it. As soon as I saw that replay, and I always get so annoyed when the announcers just keep talking, like, you know, like it's incomplete, like, oh, that ball should have been. It's like, are you watching what we're watching right now? His feet are in. And you're just talking like, oh boy, that's too bad. Like, look at it. I want you to scream with me. And then I, yeah, then they challenged it and it was fantastic. But man, again, that's just the scrappiness. That that pass. I mean, none of these quarterbacks are scared to throw anything. They're really not scared to throw anything, and I love that. But then we got these guys that'll just make the quarterbacks look good. I mean, the, the touchdown pass to Jaden Reed was was beautiful. The pass to Romeo Dobbs was good. But, I mean, it, it takes Romeo to, to really just fight for it, and he does, man. I mean, we got a lot of guys that do that, and it's, I mean, Malik Heath is is establishing himself, but Romeo Dobbs, in my opinion, is still that number one guy that that's just a my ball expert. And then Josiah DeGuara, two targets, one reception for zero yards. Thanks so much, Josiah. <laughs> that was a sad state of affairs, that play. And then one target, one reception for Deuce Watts. That was nine yards. One target, one reception for six yards for Cody Crest. We talked about that one. Samori Turi, one target, zero receptions. Obviously, he was um, featured a ton. I think he was our only kick and punt returner of the day, if I'm not mistaken. So they are 100,000. After that one return, they're really trying to see if we've got something in this guy. And Samori Turi, if nothing else, really catching him up to speed to kind of be that number two, it looks like. I'm still assuming Keyshawn Nixon and Jaden Reed will be the, the number one for kick and punt. I don't know about Jaden, but I think that's the case. So I'm thinking this is sort of a, a trial. But, you know, I mean, it's similar to Keyshawn Nixon. I don't think, it, you know, again, he never really did anything. But he got some opportunities, and he looked really good. And they're like, what the heck is this? And they leaned into it. They kept giving him opportunities, and look what happened. So, you know, if a guy like Samori Turek can break one, you know, the, the one time he catches it, he breaks one. It's like, all right, we got to see what we got. So they gave him every opportunity in this game. And then we get to defense. It's hard to not start with Kingsley and Igbare. Three tackles, two sacks, one tackle for a loss, and a forced fumble. So the man had three solo tackles on the day. Two of them were sacks, one of them was a tackle for a loss, and one of those sacks, he also forced the fumble out. Oh, by the way, he recovered the fumble. Man, oh man. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it, and it's like, I feel like, is Kingsley potentially number three i know they love hollands and and van ness will get there but he's not there yet kingsley's look good he really has i don't know i guess it doesn't matter but i'm i'm he's he's looking good jimmy phillips jr was actually our leading tackler he had six tackles five of them were solo tackles he also had a pass deflection on the day so he had a really solid day Carrington Valentine was very up and down he made some mistakes had some penalties but he was still everywhere and i really appreciate his hustle and, um, you know, it wasn't as clean, but he's always in there. But he had two tackles and two pass deflections on the day, so he still led the team in pass deflections. Anthony Johnson Jr., again, I can't see all, all of his snaps, but I, I, I feel similar about him. He had one really good pass deflection 
on the day. Um, I think he did that last week too. Just comes flying in and just absolutely just has a beautiful play. Four tackles. One of them was a solo tackle. He's another guy that just really seems kind of scrappy. Not so sure about you know necessarily the measurables or whatnot, but he he is a guy that seems like especially considering the lower level of competition and whatnot. I mean, I, that's a little unfair to say, but I think I think he could work his way up. Rudy Ford's another one. He actually looked like he got the first crack at uh, the the safety role there, which was a little surprising. Saw him on the field pretty instantly, and I thought he did a fairly good job. I and mean, we will see again. PFF will come out tomorrow. We'll, they'll have more of the snap by snap grades and whatnot, but. From the little I saw, I thought it was pretty solid. Looked like typical Rudy Ford. He's coming downhill. But uh, two tackles, two solo, one tackle for a loss. Keandre Thomas, two tackles uh, and a pass deflection. Don't have the pass rush statistics outside of sacks. So pressures and whatnot, I don't know. But Colby Wooden, three tackles. One of them was a solo tackle, and that's it. But I know he was in there a ton. Same goes for Carl Brooks. Really just notched one tackle, and it was a tackle for a loss. But man, he was in there all day. Keyshawn Banks, two tackles and a pass deflection. There's a lot of pass deflections. Razul, three tackles. Wilson, three tackles. Shamar, three tackles. Shamar was making some mistakes. That was kind of upsetting. He had back-to-back penalties out there. Quay Walker, two tackles. Lucas Van Ness, two tackles. Van Ness looked a little better. He still didn't quite, you know, like dominate to the extent that I saw in that Bengals training camp, you know, and, and family night and whatnot. But he was getting after it. He was getting some pressures. He was definitely getting more of a push off the edge. Did a real good job of setting the edge on that that one ta- one of his tackles, um, not letting him get to the outside. Some of the things that I saw, some of these guys seemed like they were kind of making some mistakes there. I mean, the, the pass rush was successful, but I think it was to the detriment of being sort of uh, fundamentally sound and gap sound. You're watching Colby Wooden. I mean, again, fantastic job but that guy he's just going all the way around there's just leaving gaping holes in the middle we saw uh brenton cox come to the inside on that touchdown you know the the i think it was bailey zappies where he ran in for a touchdown and and you know cox is just trying to get into the quarterback he's not really thinking i gotta still kind of stay off to the edge here but i thought he had a better day speaking of brenton cox one tackle uh jonathan owens notched a pass deflection Slayton tackle, Isaiah McDuffie tackle, Devontae Wyatt tackle, William Hooper tackle. I didn't notice Wyatt doing anything either, which again is a little bit of a bummer. You know, we keep hearing how great he's looking. I just, I'm not seeing it in the preseason game. Maybe I just missed it. At least I didn't see him miss any tackles this time, which is nice. But um, I'm hoping he took a step forward. But yeah, we had uh, two kick returns. It was both Samori Ture. Uh, Two kick returns for 36 yards, 18 yard average. Longest was 19, so that's consistent. Samori Turi, two punt returns for three yards, 1.5 average. Well done. And then, speaking of special teams heroes, not only was Anders Carlson two for two on extra points, but he smoked one from 52. So he was perfect on the night. I love seeing that. It is kind of funny, though. I don't really feel less confident in him from long distances. I mean, I know that's kind of silly, but it's just he's got a ton of leg. And you saw it when he made that. He could have made that from... 56 50 you know i don't i don't want to say 60 but there was plenty of leg on that it's just a matter of of getting it down the middle so it's great to see just a a, a perfect day you know it always seems to get spoiled it's always like oh yeah it's perfect oh and then he just shanked one there so two for two on extra points and then a 52 yarder you can't ask for anything better than that pat o'donnell had one punt it was 43 yards 
Daniel Whelan had two for 63, which is a 31 average, which is less than. But both of his were inside the 20. Pat O'Donnell's was not. Also have Daniel uh, Whelan kicking from shorter ranges, which is why he didn't kick as far. Real quick, cover the team stats, and then we'll take a break here. Time of possession, the Packers did win a little bit, 26 to 23. Ran 56 plays compared to their 54, very close. But yardage, 340 yards for the Green Bay Packers, 245 for the Patriots. It's weird because it doesn't feel like they got a ton of yards, but they really did. And they're, I mean, they really do get some chunk yardage in the passing game. You know, sometimes it feels kind of dink and dunk. And, but once they get settled in, I mean, Jordan Love starts ripping it and, you know, mini Brett. That dude's always looking for an opportunity to just sling one. So it's kind of cool. I mean, you got this young team and you keep thinking they're just going to dump it off to their tight ends and, you know, whatever. But no, I mean, they're, they're 4.5 yards per play for the Patriots, 6.1 for the Packers. We did have 11 penalties compared to their set. The penalties were way out of control, especially special teams. 85 yards in uh, penalty yards. They had 76. We had two touchdowns to their three. Each team had a turnover. That freaking snap, man. I don't know. I kind of feel like that was on Jordan, wasn't it? Have we concluded that? I don't exactly know what social media is saying, but... I mean, I understand the snap seemed high. But it doesn't seem like it was early because he moved and the entire offensive line moved. So that was when the ball was supposed to be snapped. Why wasn't... Why was Jordan looking off to the right? Kind of last minute just glancing over there. What, what the heck is over there? So, I don't know. I don't know what that was about. Uh, passing attempts for the Green Bay Packers, 18 of 27, 66.7%. Uh, the Patriots were 16 of 31, just 51.6%. Again, a great, a real big credit to the defense, the pass rush and the coverage, just allowing barely over 50% of the passes completed. Passing yards, we had 221, they had 149. 8.2 yards per attempt for us, 4.8 for them. Yards per completion, we were at 12.3. The average completion was 12.3 yards. That's that's a heck of a thing. They were at 9.3. Each had a passing touchdown, only two sacks in the game. Both of them were on the, uh, against the Patriots. Sack percentage, they were sacked 6.1%. We were sacked 0%. Team passer ratings, 104.1 for the Packers, 75.9 for the Patriots. Uh, looking at rushing, we rushed 29 times for 119 yards. They ran 21 for 96. They had 4.6 yards per carry. We had 4.1. They had two rushing touchdowns. We had one. First downs, we were 23 to their 19. Passing first downs, we had 12, they had 8. Rushing first downs, we had 8, they had 7. Penalty first downs, they had 4, we had 3. So that's the only time they beat us was getting first downs with penalties. Third down efficiency, though, we were really struggling. And they were not. I was getting frustrated how many times they converted those third downs. But they were 5 for 9, so they got 56%. Sure felt a heck of a lot more. We were just 4 of 10, 40%. Fourth down, both teams were 1 for 1. Uh, red zone, we were both two for two. Again, the red zone. Packers are doing a great job converting in the red zone. Defense giving up two for two isn't great, but I'm, I'm real encouraged that when we get down in there, we get in for seven. That's, I mean, that, that really is an important thing for a football team. You're not going to find uh, a lot of, you know, top five offenses that aren't dominant in that category. Uh, pass deflections. They had four. We had seven. No interceptions in the game, no pick sixes. Forced fumbles, we had one. Fumbles recovered, one each. Sacks, again, we had two, they had zero. Tackles for a loss, we had three, they had one. And that's about as far as what's relevant. So, you know, I uh, I know the score said the Patriots won, but I'm, I I mean, you know, the game did end early. Could we pull the whole Vince Lombardi thing. Packers never lost a game, they just ran out of time. In this case, you could actually probably argue that more legitimately. 
But look, kind of, you know, across the board, I think the Packers outperformed the Patriots in this game, which is a, a really great thing when you factor in what happened the last time these two played against each other. I don't mean in, in last year's game. I mean the last practice that they had together. The Patriots dominated the Packers in every phase of the game. And I would say in this case, again, I understand they scored more points, but I think the Packers were just the better team today. And that's awesome. And again, I'll be really excited to look at some of the stats and see, you know, again, I, I don't remember. I, I'm hoping Jordan was under a little bit of pressure today so we can kind of check that off the box. If he's not, then I can't be mad. I mean, we got a great offensive line. I mean, look, Jalen Hurts, It's that whole, I don't know if you saw the uh, Greg Jennings versus uh, Shady McCoy video where Jennings was going to bat for, for um, Justin Fields, which, I mean, whatever. But he also made some good points about Jalen Hurts. Like, dude, look at his freaking offensive line. Top to bottom, that is probably the best offensive line in football. Look at the wide receivers that he's got. Look at all the weapons he's got. Look at the running backs he's got. This dude has got it made in the shade. So look, if Jordan Love ends up being successful because he's got a bunch of freaking dogs at wide receiver and tight end that'll just make him look good, looking like Brett Favre's wide receiver that game after his dad died, got an offensive line where it's like, I wish I could see how good Jordan Love was under pressure, but the guy's just never under pressure. I guess I'll get over it. Anyways, let's take a quick break. Um, please remember to check out grassfedcooperative.com. Use promo code PACKER10 for 10% off your order. Capital P, PACKER10 for 10% off. Take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. 
All right, so I just want to kind of go through the roster and do a, a quick sweep of my thoughts, starting obviously with Jordan Love. I feel like it was a, a pretty typical performance in terms of things started slow and they got hot pretty quick, <laughs> right? I mean, it was, it was literally last time, last week, there was the first series that flamed out and then he comes back and he drives down the field and gets a touchdown. It's the same thing that happened here. The first, I mean, and, and again, it wasn't as bad. There was no like egregious that I recall, no like egregious, you know, overthrows. It just seemed kind of like, oh boy, here we go. Things are not looking great. But again, the resilience of this team, as opposed to what we've seen in the past, you know, things start slow. We come back out, drive down the field. And I like, the, again, I like the scrappy nature of it. You know, week one against the Bengals, there were some wide open guys. And I don't have a problem with that. I got no problem with uh, our offensive coordinators just dominating their defensive coordinators and just taking them to the freaking woodshed, you know? No issue with that whatsoever. But that's one of the things I like about going up against the Patriots. And Bill Belichick, you know, is a little tougher. Guys aren't just wide open. I mean, it, it was hard to kind of pick your spots and find it. But you know what? Both Clifford and Jordan Love said, you know, it's, it's tight coverage, but I'm going to squeeze it in there. That pass to Romeo Dobbs, I mean, that was tight. But just giving your guy the opportunity, and you know what? He's rewarded. Same with Jaden Reed. I mean, he was on his heel, but he put that ball just in a perfect spot. Bing, bang, boom, touchdown. And again, look at the results. Look at the passer rating. Look at, you know, it was perfectly, perfectly fine. Fantastic performance. Perfect? No. But, um, you know, just, uh, just for a second listening to Jordan Love's press conference, and the, the first thing I heard him say was, I'm definitely ready for week one. I would agree. You know, are there going to be some miscues, misfires? Yeah, but you know what? Justin Fields is the same thing. You know what? Pat Mahomes probably going to have one or two of those. Passes he wishes he has back. Everybody has that crap. Maybe it'll be a little bit more with Jordan Love. Maybe it'll be a, a couple extra mix, missed kicks here and there. I don't, I don't know. I mean, look at how many disasters. You do remember, what was it, 2020, our special teams? Or was it 2021, where it was the worst? I think it was 2021, worst special teams in football. You remember watching those kicks, the punts, the blocked kicks? Just the freaking disasters that happened. Even, you know, 2022 Rodgers. Like, what the heck? Where's that ball going? You know, Dylan looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. And guys running the wrong routes. I mean, it was clumsy and, cl you know, what it is what it is, man. But it's been fun to watch so far. It really has. And, you know, that goes double for Clifford. I mean, I, he clearly had a better performance this week than last week. I mean, I shouldn't say clearly. I mean, last week was electric. But you don't have the pick six followed by another pick. I, I think for Jordan Love and Sean Clifford, they both didn't have to redeem themselves necessarily. There wasn't like this egregious thing that they had to come back and, and correct. So I just want to thank both of them for putting on a great show. I thought it was uh, another very, very fun and entertaining day. Running back, man, um, you know, A.J. Dillon in week one had that big run. We saw the vision, and we'll have to go back and watch and see what A.J. Dillon was looking at, what he had to work with. But even though I didn't necessarily get to see that whole vision thing like we did week one, the power is still there. I mean, he is running like we kind of have been wanting him to run for a long time. The absolute violence. Every single time he reaches the where, where there's nowhere else to go, he hits that wall. He blasts that thing back. Um, then, you know, we got the whole Patrick Taylor, Emmanuel Wilson situation again. Uh, I, I don't think anything has necessarily budged for me on that. I don't know. I don't, I don't really know where they're going to go with this. I saw Patrick Taylor was on special teams. I don't know about Emmanuel Wilson. 
I saw both Wilson and Taylor, I believe, catch some passes. So, you know, I don't know. We'll have to, again, we'll, we'll have to check PFF and look at the stats, see if they put Emmanuel Wilson on special teams and, and how they thought he did. Any pass blocking opportunities, et cetera, et cetera, to see if, if there's any reason we can kind of bump up Wilson. Uh, I did see that Henry Pearson got injured. So, you know, I mean, I, I didn't think there was a, a really big opportunity there. But with Tyler Davis going down, you start thinking some creative creative things there in terms of, you know, how you could get somebody else in there to, to do that job, essentially. But could more or less rule that out at this point. Um, Josiah made me sad. <laughs> I... I really like liking Josiah, and it's just one play, but you st- I, I just watch that, and it's like, come on, man. You know, you, you just you just don't see, and that's one of the negatives of getting a guy like Luke Musgrave, is, is just you see what he's able to do. You see the speed, you see the catch radius, you see the, even the strength. You know, I mean, he's, he's a small for a tight end, but he's still a tight end. You know, and when, when he catches the ball and turns up field, compared to what we see some wide receivers do, he can kind of push a little bit. Still a little bit sad not seeing Tucker Craft. I mean, I I, I um I almost thought didn't I thought he got like a big high five from the coach or something. So I think he had like a nice block in there or something. I don't know. And that's primarily I think what they're trying to work on him with, especially with Tyler Davis going down. Is you know you you've got to hone that inline blocking. And again, I I didn't really get the chance to see him do that. I think there was one play I kind of tried to hone in on him, but other than that, I don't really know. But it does make me sad a little bit. We haven't really seen him catch any passes and see what he can do there. I'm sure that will come in time. Again, with the Tyler Davis injury, he's going to be out there. So we're we're going to see him. But I get a feeling it is going to be like Mercedes Lewis light. He's he's going to be doing a lot of blocking. And then maybe once a game, you'll see him. Or once every two or three games, even. He'll, he'll catch a pass for six yards or something. Uh, wide receivers. Christian Watson has been kind of a ghost. You haven't heard him much in training camp. Um, he, a little bit, but but not nearly the volume of Musgrave or Dobbs. I actually have some statistics on Jordan Love that I'd, I'd like to share at some point. They're not 100% accurate. I actually um, had the robot do the homework for me, so I don't 100% trust the notes, but they do seem pretty legit. And Dobbs and Musgrave just dominate right now in terms of uh, the, the targets. But even in the preseason games, he's been very, very quiet. And I don't know that that's necessarily going to change a ton i'm starting to wonder if you know i mean he's got such a connection with dobbs and musgrave it just seems like it's it's kind of a clunky relationship i mean obviously he's not afraid to throw down the field which is what you're going to need to do with christian watson you know that's where the opportunities are and we saw it you know week one he, he shot it down there he's done it a couple times in training camp but it almost feels like it's got kind of an mvs vibe to it like rogers and mvs number one because that connection isn't 100 percent there but also because it was kind of like you get that one shot a game kind of thing. But we'll see. We'll see as that develops. Obviously, they want Christian Watson to be more of a feature in the offense than what he has been. So they'll they'll definitely figure that out. I mean, we, we saw, obviously, against the Eagles, Christian Watson housed one. But um, it just hasn't been a massive factor. Again, I talked a ton about Romeo Dobbs already. The guy is uh, a heck of an asset. And that's, you know, I, again, just to kind of reiterate... We've had issues with this in the past where we just can't have guys separate, you know, with with Cobb and Lazard and whatnot. There's just no separation there. We saw a little bit of that today. You know, they struggled against the Patriots' defense. It was a sticky, tough defense, but they still made it work. Okay, I'm not open. Oh, well. My quarterback's going to throw it up to me, and I'm going to get it. We haven't really seen a ton of that. You know, it was a little bit, you know, Rodgers, I don't think Rodgers liked to throw those very much, and and that's why he didn't get a ton of interceptions. He's not going to throw that. 
Maybe, you know, if it's Devontae, sure. But even, you know, those those tight coverage things to Lazard, I mean, Lazard had a half a step on him, and Rodgers made sure to throw it in a better spot than, in my opinion, where, where Jordan's been throwing it generally. Throw it out a way to where the, the guy who has a half a step has to reach out and grab it, not where he has to slow down and jump over the defender and grab it. But there's some of these guys in the middle of the field that are just not super open, and, and Jordan is just not afraid to throw it. And... um I think it's just led to, I mean, it's, it's going to lead to disaster once in a while. There's going to be a, a ball that gets tipped up and gets picked and all that stuff. That's why he's going to have more interceptions than what we saw with Rodgers. But I think that the positive side of it is that, especially with these guys that he doesn't trust, you know, again, he'll throw it. He might throw one to, to Cobb or, or Devontae or whatever if they're pretty well covered up. But he's not doing that with the guys he had last year. He's going to throw it away. Even with like Lazard and stuff, he, you know, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's going to throw it away and get upset because nobody's getting open. Jordan's going to find something. Like, somebody's going to get this ball. <laughs> That's just the way it feels. Like, when he's back there, like, somebody's getting it. So get open, and if you don't, I'll, I'll just I'll throw it to you, and you can just see if we can get it to you, see how this goes. So, again, it, it's cool because you got the two different scenarios. You know, we got schemed open in week one, and it was great, and we got to drive down the field, and this one wasn't. And, and we didn't have a lot of running room, and the guys just dug their heels in and pushed, didn't have a lot of separation, and, and they just – you know, threw the ball in tight windows and just made it work. I mean, the the adaptability to just say, whatever you got, we can, we'll make it work. That's, again, where I just keep saying scrappy. Uh, Jaden Reed, you know, I mean, again, not a lot of opportunities. They're, they seem to be pulling him pretty early, too, which, again, is why I feel like it's it's Watson, Dobbs, and Reed. You know, Turay's out there the whole game. I heard the announcers say they think it's Watson, Dobbs, Turay, whatever. It doesn't matter, but um, in the little bit that we've seen, I mean, I'm sure Reed is very raw, and there's a lot of stuff he can't do and a lot of things he doesn't understand. But, you know, these guys, man, it, it just seems like they'll... they'll again, the, the announcers said it best when they said they'll make your quarterback look good. They're just they're going to freaking die for that ball. And, and Malik Heath put that on display today like I've rarely seen. I mean, he just put his body on the line on every single one of those catches. His helmet's getting popped off. He's jumping up, getting jacked. Just fantastic, fantastic stuff. Um, actually, a decent day from Grant DeBose. Again, kind of stinks that he ended up getting hurt. Um, you know, Cody Crest, Bonds, Watts, they each had a little bit of their, uh, got involved a little bit. Offensive line, you know, Zach Tom was getting a little chippy today, which I think I was actually kind of happy about. He almost got ejected. Um, you know, that late hit on Jordan Love, that offensive line did not take kindly to that. And I think Zach Tom was leading the charge. And that's another great thing that you love to see. I mean, they, they just... They rally around their guys, especially Jordan Love. You know, and these these are young guys that that have just got here and are are you know they they've been coming up with Jordan. That's their guy. And so seeing Zach Tom and the rest of these guys get over there and just be like, I don't care what your excuse is, I'm not tolerating that. So I thought they did a great job again. Jordan um, zero sacks on the day. I thought they had some pretty good time in the pocket compared to what the Patriots were op- are operating with. It's frustrating when they, they constantly have those relief valves to be able to get the ball out. But, man, that if they don't, they're doomed. It's game over, you know. Oh, also worth note, uh, noting, Tay Wicks, I think, was out with a hamstring. Um, oh, yeah, Rasheed Walker, I believe, starting left tackle. I was kind of surprised to see that over Yash Nyman in this game. I know he had gotten that opportunity, I think, two training camp practices ago, but then Yash came back in after that one day where they did that. But... Um, yeah, I'll be real interested to see how Rashid did at left tackle because if he held it down, we really got to start wondering if he's overtaken Yash Nyman. Now, some people probably think he already has, but you know, I think it's kind of 
I think it's kind of neck and neck. He gives seniority to Yash Nyman over Rashid Walker. Tiebreaker goes to the vet. In some cases, if it's further down the depth chart, it's the opposite. Um, later on, you know, the again, some really nice holes for for Emmanuel Wilson to run through. So second string, I don't exactly know who was doing it or what, but be interesting to see how that all panned out. I know Jake Hansen also got hurt. I don't know the extent of that. Cole Schneider came in to replace him. I'm sure we'll get updates on all of that. Switching over to the defense, Kenny obviously didn't play. Wyatt, as I said, I didn't really get a chance to see him. Wooden and Brooks, man. What, 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 are, we, what are we calling these guys? The Super Mario Brothers over here. It is funny. I think it was Brooks on the one play. You know, I'm sure there's a more technical way to, to describe this, but I've seen it happen against the Packers several times. And An offensive line will shift. Let's just say they're moving to the right. And the plan is, when you start moving to the right, the defender generally wants to get out in front of you and not let you continue to the right to block. They want to get out in front of you and stop you. But sometimes they're like, forget that. I'm going to slip around behind you and see if I can use my speed to go behind you and around you and make a play. And the thing is with Wooden and Brooks, they're both edge rushers. They're big edge rushers. They're probably too big to be edge rushers. But the point is they're, they're really smaller and faster. So to be able to make those kinds of plays is, is child's play. So these guys are shifting. And rather than taking the bait and just getting out in front of you, I'm just going to slip in behind you and try to make a play. And he did. I mean, the athleticism and whatnot of these guys is going to be so much fun. And you see the, the heck do they call that, the TT or whatever, where I think uh, Wooden just comes in and just obliterates the entire line just to be a wrecking ball to, to free up an open, an open gap for one of the defenders to run to. And again, when you got Wooden, Brooks, and Wyatt with the athleticism that they have, and, you know, Jonathan Ford and TJ Slayton with just the muscle, Jonathan Ford was just blasting. I was kind of frustrated. One of the big runs for the Patriots, Ford just took a guy and threw him about five yards, but nobody was there to back him up. You know, when, when you got a guy like Ford creating that level of disruption, you got to count on the other guys and the linebackers and everything to come in and start filling. And, um, just didn't really see it a ton. Ford, by the way, I'm continued to be impressed by. I think he does a really good job. He's a powerful, disruptive guy. So I don't really have a whole lot of doubt about him and, and what his role is going to be moving forward. Um, Edge, obviously Rashawn Gary didn't play. Preston, I didn't really get to see a whole bunch. Justin Hollins, I didn't really watch a ton. Van Ness, again, I think he had a, a, a big improvement over the Bengals game. I don't know if PFF will agree, but that was that was my thought on it. I mean, he he was able to move some bodies and get some pressure and whatnot. But uh, again, Kingsley and Igbari, you know, the, the, the power that he displayed when he took one arm into the shoulder of the offensive tackle and drove him straight back into the quarterback. I mean, he's he's something, man. And And the fact that we don't even have any expectations for him to be sort of a number one edge rusher. I mean, at best, he's going to be number three. I mean, that's really, really incredible. And again, they love Justin Hollins for whatever reason. So that's great. We've got a, we got him in there. And then Lucas Van Ness is just going to continue to get better as time goes on. I mean, to have five actual legit pass rushers. I mean, one premier rusher in Gary, like actual top 10 talent. But I mean, you got Preston and Hollins and Van Ness and Enigbare, and I think they're all on a similar tier. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Preston, but I kind of see them as all being relatively close. We'll see how they perform. Again, Van Ness has got some cleaning up to do, and I I, I talk about Hollins, but I, I still don't know <laughs> what I'm talking about with him. He's an enigma to me. Uh, Brenton Cox, I thought he looked pretty good. Again, kind of just a wrecking ball. It's kind of what I noticed last time. I mean, he's he's really big and powerful and moves well, but you know, it's it's all just kind of flailing around trying to get to the quarterback. 
And a lot of the guys, again, were doing that. But it was frustrating on that that touchdown run. You know, instead of being able to seal the edge, he's just going to, you know, run around to the inside and try to make a play. Come on, man. Uh, Keyshawn Banks, I did see make a couple plays. Didn't see Odin Megwu. I don't know if he got a chance to get out there or Aaron Mosby. Linebacker, I didn't notice a ton. I know Eric Wilson made a play. I don't remember exactly what it was, if it was a tip or a really good tackle or something. But I didn't notice Quay a ton. I, did, I, I saw Quay and McDuffie out there. In terms of positive, negative, I didn't really notice much. I did see Tariq Carpenter have a really pathetic tackle attempt. You know, really bad tackling tonight. That was probably the biggest issue, which is a big issue. I mean, I, I honestly, overall, the defense, it still just feels kind of, and maybe I'm being overly critical, but it doesn't have, I guess, the feel that I, I hoped it would, which is just this, again, kind of like what we saw with the Patriots, just very assignment sure, very disciplined. You know, the quarterback doesn't really have a lot of places to go with the ball. I mean, these guys, some of these guys are wide open. You know, you see some of these runners and guys are just falling all over the place because they're just, I mean, they're just pass rushers just going crazy trying to get to the quarterback. And it seems like they don't know what to do when it's a running play. You know, Jonathan Ford does, but he can't be the only one (laughs) to do anything. So, you know, again, not trying to be overly critical, but some of this stuff is just kind of like, man, we just feel kind of amateur here with this defense. I love the pass rush and some of the corners do a good job, but just like the spacing in the middle, you know? gaps to run through, the missed tackles, whatever. Uh, Razul, I know, I think, I'm pretty sure he gave up one play, but I thought he looked really good today. A little bit that he played. Valentine already talked about he made some mistakes. He looked human, but I still appreciate the effort he put out there. Uh, Shamar took a step back. I mean, Ennis Gaines is injured, so I, I you know, it is what it is. I, and I can't really speak to his play. Maybe he was doing great out there, but, you know, the back-to-back penalties really hurt. Safeties, again, didn't really see Savage do much, which is probably a positive. Tarverius Moore did get injured. I know Owens made a play out there. Rudy Ford, again, I thought he looked pretty decent. Didn't see Dallin Levitt. Anthony Johnson was really impressive. I'm actually one of the guys I'm really excited to see what his PFF grade is and to go back and watch again to see Anthony Johnson in particular because um, he always just kind of seems to pop up and make plays. And then again, special teams, great step for Anders Carlson. Do I expect this to be just the new norm? No, I don't. I think there's still going to be glitches and mistakes here and there. That's just what it is. But it's it's good to have a day like today. That's all I'm going to say. Other than that, um, you know, Orzich, Hatcher, I got nothing. Whelan, O'Donnell. I mean, Whelan seems like a solid punter. Still think it's going to be O'Donnell. We'll see, though. Anyways, it's late. Those are just my first thoughts, impressions, whatnot. We'll... uh go a little bit deeper tomorrow. I'm tired. I got to go to bed. You guys have a fantastic rest of your night. Your day. It's a daytime for you. Enjoy your day. I'll talk to you tonight, tomorrow, whatever. Have a good one. Bye-bye.